These days, there are a lot of ways to be a leader in the Catholic Church. On this podcast, we'll take a closer look at the stories of the women and men who, through the sacrament of baptism, have been called into places of leadership in the church. We'll hear about the practical realities of their ministry, but we'll especially take a look at the way God called them to serve. He could be calling you in the very same way. This is In Infinite Ways. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of In Infinite Ways. I'm Brian Rood, the project coordinator for the Catholic Apostolate Center, and today I am excited to be joined by Sarah Yaklik. Sarah is the chief digital officer for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, where she served since 2019. Before joining the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, Sarah served as director of Grotto Network, a pre-evangelization ministry out of the University of Notre Dame. Sarah got her start in digital media with the Archdiocese of Washington, where she served as director of digital media for over four years, including when Pope Francis visited the United States in 2015. Sarah led the Archdiocese of Washington's digital presence and really set the stage in many ways for Catholic digital media and evangelization here in the United States. Sarah and I first met in Rome in October of 2018 during the Synod for Young People, the Faith and Vocational Discernment, and almost four years later, we're here on In Infinite Ways and doing our first in-person recording, which is so exciting. Um, so Sarah, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brian. It's such a gift to be with you today. Absolutely. Um, so we love to start with all of our guests with a very simple invitation. That is just, tell us a bit of your story. How did you wind up where you are today? You know, I, I like to say that God has a sense of humor. Um, I remember I was working for the National Council for Adoption and Facebook is just launching, coming into being where, you know, the public can engage. And I was anti-Facebook, like 100% anti-Facebook. I was convinced that it was going to like rob me of the gift of deep friendship. And so I said, absolutely not. Um there I am, though, working at the National Council for Adoption and really wanting to promote, you know, um, advancements in foster care and adoption as a positive option for women. And so here I am sitting there thinking, well, you know, I should start using Facebook. Like I, I want to meet women where they're at. And in order to have a business or a nonprofit Facebook page, you had to open a personal one. Um, so that led my journey into saying, OK, time to open a Facebook page. And then God just took me on this crazy journey and led me um, eventually to working for the church and really <laughs> diving deeply into digital media. So I saw in your um, I was looking through your LinkedIn page um, as I was writing up this um this bio. So you didn't start at the Archdiocese of Washington in digital media. So can you how you know, this is obviously the sphere that you live in now and, and you you work in and you love. Um, but so how did you wind up transitioning into digital media from I mean, you were you worked in the, in the Office for Pastoral Concerns, right? So how did that transition happen? Yeah, so it's actually, a, a, uh, again, another funny story. I actually started before um, official employment for the Archdiocese, I was volunteering, really trying to help improve their young adult outreach. So we started Christ in the City and a number of um, opportunities and gatherings for young people. And I just did that as a volunteer. Um, and then there was an opening in the young adult office and they um, invited me to apply. And that led my journey into, you know, official working for the church. Um, but but I, yeah, I was working in young adult ministry and then um, helped to lead their evangelization initiatives. Uh, and at that time, they wanted to open up and expand the digital office. And 
I was helping them with their Facebook page, you know, a little bit of Twitter at that point. That was basically it. Instagram was not even a thing. And, you know, they asked if I would consider the position. And I thought, I've never built a website. Why would you ever want me in this job? And so I was saying no. I was saying no, no, no. Um, I said, but I'll help you. And so they put me on the interview team. And we were just not finding the right candidates at that time. And one day... You know, people were in my office and at that time, now Bishop Byrne, but it was Father Byrne at the time. And he said he was on the phone and he said, we just need to convince Sarah to take the job. And I was like, I could hear you, Father. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I would, but I just I believe that it was a really important job for the church. And I just did not feel qualified. I didn't feel like I was gifted enough in that area. I went to sleep that night and I'm falling asleep. I'm thinking, well, maybe I should consider it. And I'm thinking, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Five o'clock in the morning, I woke up like a bolt of lightning and had the thought of you could take a class if you need help. And so I went and, you know, ended up talking um, to them. And that led me to launching into digital media. So it was just a it was a yes to a possible dream. So what how have you seen what you do in digital media, right? Which is obviously a place where the world is so deeply ensconced in, in, in 2022 and has been for, for years and years, but that the church kind of seemingly as always is still playing a bit of catch up, right? And getting, getting into the same place that the, the quote unquote secular world is, but how have you seen your, uh, presence and your role in digital media and and not only that but but digital media leadership grow from Archdiocese of Washington into Grotto Network and now where you are with the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. Yeah, and I, I think we're at such an interesting time, right? You're right. It, it does take the church time to catch up, right? Because we have to discern. We have to make sure we're taking the right path as we're engaging into new technologies or what that might be, right? Um so yes, we were in a sense like slower to catch into the digital media uh, that that path and that you know way forward for the world, and then COVID hit right, and so COVID really has turned everything upside down. Prior to COVID, many parishes still, shockingly, but it's very true, did not even have websites. So then they're you know forced with saying, well, well how do we communicate? Like some of them were really trying to catch up, um, and so I think then the church like really worked really hard. We saw a number of church volunteers and parish staff and diocesan staff doing everything they could to you know really help the church catch up and to to be present for people when our unfortunately doors were closed. I mean, I think in that a little bit, I think then we we rushed and we rushed to live stream. And now looking back, I'm just I'm asking myself, did we take all the right steps? Right. Did we take the right steps to engage correctly during covid and now coming out of covid? How do we use digital media in a real way that doesn't keep us enslaved to the platforms, Mm -hmm. but helps us to be able to have those, you know, incarnational lived moments together? Yeah. So I mentioned it a little bit in my uh, intro of you, um, but of course you were at the Archdiocese of Washington in 2015. The Holy Father comes, makes his first and, and as of now only visit to the United States. Um, he comes not only to the United States, but here into the Archdiocese of Washington and personally for you and I, comes to the campus of the Catholic University of America, where uh, both of our alma mater um, 
talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you to be kind of leading the charge for the archdiocese, but also in this massive collaborative effort with, you know, church media, with secular media and, and, you know, what, what did you learn from that experience that has helped you as you've gone through your career to where you find yourself now? Yeah, I think there were so many incredible lessons learned. I mean, and it was such a joyful time. You're right. I'll never forget when the Holy Father landed and he's coming off the plane and I'm standing there. This is, you know, before any like Facebook Live or anything like that. And I'm standing there watching him come like he's he's stepping on like our sacred ground like our land right here the holy father coming to us and just amazing that you know in those collaborative efforts we are able to even just post pictures online but that simple sharing of a photo maybe attached with a prayer or a kind of like that lived experience it really was connecting people all across our country right and so people were able to be able to bring that visit that was happening here in our nation's capital all across our country. And then, frankly, I was watching, the it, like, we're trending globally all across the globe, right? And so what one of the beautiful things was I really saw the ability for communication, digital media, to connect people. And at that time, it was, it was when the church was just coming to life in digital media. So we were getting new followers, and people were so excited and, and proud of our Catholic faith, like in that moment, like bring, having the Holy Father with us. It gave people this excitement and the freedom to engage on their social media platforms and say, like, I'm proud to be Catholic. I'm proud to welcome the Pope to the United States. And so it was so interesting to watch the just the true engagement and the dialogue in a really beautiful, like, kind way. It wasn't the Twitter wars. It was actually we were kind to one another online those days. And I'll never, ever forget that. So let's um, let's take a few steps back. I just I just mentioned we both went to Catholic U a few years apart, um, but so, but you and I both uh, graduated from the same school within. Um, I think it had a different name. It did <laughs> when you graduated, but now the School of Theology and Religious Studies. Um, did you ever think that you would be a working for the church? And and you already said you didn't think you were you get into digital media when when the job was offered to you. You didn't feel qualified, but. Did you ever think getting this degree in theology and religious education, whatever it was called when you received your degree, that you would work for the church? You know, I I always knew I wanted to serve our Lord and make whatever corner of the world I was living, make it better. Like I just wanted to kind of be his light and and to do what I can. So if that meant working at a parish or at a diocesan level, I wasn't quite sure what it would be. I just knew I wanted to say, okay, like however you need to use me, like, please, like use me, Lord. Um, but it, so it does surprise me that the path, right? Like I, I don't think I realize then where I would be now today for sure. Mm-hmm. And and I, I love that, right? However you need to use me, use me, Lord. And so you you had this path that I think is more common than people realize from, hey, I'm gonna volunteer, right? With for you it was it was with the young adult ministry of, of the archdiocese. Uh 
to then being invited to apply for a job and and becoming a church professional. Um, what was that kind of transition like for you from volunteer to church professional? And then what would what insight did you gain from that that maybe you could share to others? Because there's tons and tons of people that are, are either right now volunteers who at some point are probably going to be asked or nudged or kind of told by a pastor or the head of some ministry or apostle that hey, you should do this. And there's certainly even more that it, that have kind of a similar story to you. So what what did you gain? What insight did you gain from that? And what would you say to people who are volunteers now, but are like, no, I would never, I would never actually work for the church. Like <laughs> yeah. I like my little, you know, nine to, to 11 on Saturday mornings mm-hmm, at the parish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, at that time when I was volunteering, I was working at a big law firm um, in downtown DC and really loving that. I, I love the energy. I love the hard work. Um, but I also love the volunteer work, right? I, I loved that because, again, it was this opportunity where I felt there was a need and I felt like I had a little energy and passion. And so I said, OK, like, let's do this together. And we had a great group of volunteers. And I think the thing that helped me make that transition is that, you know, God helped to open my eyes to what might be. Right. I think it's so easy in our world to get, you know, stuck in not stuck, but you you get you kind of follow your routine, right? And you're in this career, you're in this path. And it, it takes a lot of courage to open yourself up to see, you know, what could be, but like God is the one, the Holy Spirit is planting those dreams. And it's a really fun journey when you allow yourself to say, Okay, I'm going to be led. Right. The, the, the adventures. I never thought I would cover the Pope or go to Rome with the University of Notre Dame or now work in Los Angeles like that. I never in a million years ever having a Los Angeles address. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but once you start saying yes and trusting. Right. It's not easy. It's it's it's, it's quite hard to trust the Lord. Right. And 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 that. Yes. But it's such a great adventure when you do. Yeah. You know, I've had a, I've had the real gift of getting to know people like you and our our mutual friend and colleague John Grosso and some leaders in Catholic digital media, social media evangelization. Um, and so I know we've talked about this before, but but maybe for people who might be listening, who um, either on kind of either end of the spectrum, right, that they are. Uh, totally against social media and digital media and don't really see the purpose of having a beautiful website or a, a vibrant, you know, Instagram account for their diocese or whatever. Or maybe they are the the communications digital media professional for their parish, apostolate, diocese, whatever. How do you see your work in digital media contributing to the overall mission of the church? Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's a good question. And I think it is... We're all part of the mosaic, right? God is building this beautiful mosaic out of all the people who are working and contributing to the church and to the world, right? This thing of beauty is being created, and we each have our own part. And I think it's similar with digital media, right? So digital media is not the answer. Digital media is not going to necessarily save souls. Like, you're, I'm not going to receive forgiveness through an app. I'm not going to be nourished and fed through watching a Facebook stream. But... Jesus does tell us that he could use all things to bring people to him. And I think that we not, that's why we have to be on digital media, right? But be on digital media and do it really well. Like we should put all of our care and all of our energy. If we're going to put a video out there, we want it to be something of beauty, right? The Lord deserves nothing less. Our people deserve nothing less. And so I think 
working in digital media, I'm, I'm trying to bring something of beauty, but also bring something of intentionality and um, and authenticity, right? Like we don't have to be anybody but who we are and we could only do our best. But if we really just kind of step our, take ourselves out of the way and let Jesus lead us, then he will do that, create that moment of beauty for people. Mm. So this, so we're, we're going to, I, I kind of want to, I don't want to say go into the weeds of digital media, but I, I think there's a lot that our listeners can maybe get out of a conversation when we start to talk about some of this. And, and, you know, I was, uh, we were really blessed at the, the summer program that I get to run through the Catholic University of America School of Theology and Religious Studies. Um, you know, Sarah, you came and you presented uh, for us. And I'm not just saying this because you're sitting in front of me, but you were one of our best rated reviewed presenters i think because you brought something that wasn't that wasn't this kind of pie in the sky idea of how you might be able to live your faith in theory it was a very lived real thing that not only was it like sarah has this job that she gets to do this but like i also have a facebook account i also have a twitter an instagram a snapchat a tiktok so this this has this has bearing on my life um and so when, you know, you, you mentioned Twitter wars earlier, right? And so it, it's kind of this, it, it's a really unfortunate reality where we find ourselves as uh, not only a church, but, but as a world that our engagement through the digital realm has become in, in many instances just so toxic. So I, I think a great place to kind of start on this part of the conversation is, you know, for those of us that aren't church professionals working in digital media for for the just the regular listener of this who has a personal account on whatever platform how can we appropriately witness through digital media like how can we be effective evangelizers through these channels yeah and, that, and that's exactly it. we each have a facebook page or an instagram or a twitter or a tiktok whatever platform you're on right and so at the end of the day digital media is not going to be converted from an archdiocese or from mm. an apostolate. It's going to be converted and healed by all the individuals who are sharing content. And so first off, I say, you know what? Don't be afraid. Like now is the time to preach our faith from the rooftops, right? So the rooftops are our digital highways, right? Our, our personal platforms. I mean, think about it. We're not afraid to rate a review or check in at um, this restaurant or share a picture when we're on vacation. Why not on Sunday after mass, check into your parish or leave a little like a reflection that you learned from the homily? Because that you are more trustworthy to an individual who is away from the church than a diocese is. Like you have the opportunity, um, each of you who are listening, you are the ones who have the opportunity to really heal that brokenness that's online and, and the meanness that is there. Um, but also just be a witness, right? That you have that space, you have a platform, right? Like let us use that platform. And, and not only when we're using that platform to share our faith, we're bringing Jesus there, but we're also healing what's broken, you know, there's there's nobody more merciful than our Lord. So let's start let's start doing that and, and really think through how we talk to other people online. There is a person on the other end of that screen. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And I I know when when you joined us at, at like the world this summer, you you quoted Paul the Sixth, right? Uh, you know, and who who reminded us um, that the church exists to evangelize, right? Um, and 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 I think it's easy to forget 
that when we're on, when we're sitting behind our phones or sitting behind our screens and we see something that we don't like, uh, or if you are a, a professional who's making content for a living, that you you want to do whatever you can to get likes or views or shares or whatever. Um, and I don't want to go too in the weeds in this, but you know, somewhat recently there was a a bit of a controversy around clickbait uh, and and titles for videos and and things like that, and and how how challenging it must be for someone whose job it is to make not only beautiful content and and good content, um, but content that is going to get seen and shared and picked up. And so, you know, I can only imagine as someone that doesn't do this for a living, how challenging that might be to kind of balance that of, you know, I want people to see this. I want it to be engaging. I want to give it, I want people to have a reason to click on this, but I don't want to, I don't want to be clickbaity. I don't want to be luring people into something that's untrue. How do you, how, how do you balance that as a professional? And, and, and then how can, you know, I, I, one of your big things, right, is, is, is sanctifying the space, right? Is, 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 you know, we as individuals are the ones, and you just kind of said this, right, that are going to make a space holy through how we live, how we speak, how we witness. So how do you, again, how do you as a professional kind of balance that desire for clicks and, and engagement that is so important with then not wanting to be, you know, dishonest or clickbaity? And then how can we, as the recipients of this media from various channels and, and people, how can we kind of, through our viewership and our intake of content, how can we kind of balance those scales, right? Kind of back away from those things that are a little less good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you raise such important thoughts for consideration. And, and I'll be honest, it's it's probably the hardest part of my job um, because we, number one, not only do we have to, as you said, create this content that is worthy of being shared, but we have to kind of break the algorithm so people actually see it. And, and the other thing is, I mean, and I'm just being frank and 100% honest, but the platforms in a sense are against us. I have had experiences all the way back from when I worked Archdiocese of Washington to when I worked at Grotto to now in Los Angeles. And, you know, times when ads were blocked for no reason or things were taken down when we were in zero violation of any of the policies. Right. And so we're up against the platforms in a sense, trying to limit the Catholic voice. Like I, I have witnessed it firsthand. Right. So you, you, you have that backdrop and then you have the backdrop of a lot of content. I mean, the amount of content that is being put through our digital highways is ginormous, right? So you do have to have the right title, not only for someone to click on it, but just so your viewers could find it. And so I think the challenge is, is tr trying to balance authenticity, right? Like we have a job to do. If we really believe in this Catholic content we're putting there, then we have the job to get it in front of people. So that means, yes, being creative on your search engine optimization, being creative on your tagging and making sure that you've got the right page title and you've got the right video title. But at the same time, you never want to fool somebody, right? Like, so yeah, the clickbait stuff, it's never going to actually work because then you're just, you're leading someone in the wrong direction. If you always end 
err and caution on the side of authenticity, I think we're going to do best, right? And then in terms of the viewers or the recipients of content, I think this is where um, a slower pace needs to come in, right? We on ourselves as viewers and receivers of content, we have to discern, like, don't just like an article on Facebook without actually clicking on it and seeing what the article says, right? Or maybe, you know, slowing down to read it and and before just automatically sharing or responding, maybe say, okay, where what's the, the thought behind this? Or let me sit on this and then let me react, right? Instead of just being mm. in the flurry and responding. Yeah. So the the work that you find yourself in now is, you know, uh, being in charge of the creation of 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 the the digital kind of environment that comes from emanates from the archdiocese of los angeles and so i would assume that means that you guys have a pretty wide audience just you know la is a massive place not only you know territorially but 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 by the amount of people that are there and in a massively diverse community um and so i would imagine that you the work that you do reaches, you know, the everyone from the most devout Catholic who is a seven day a week churchgoer to, you know, someone who isn't Catholic and maybe only comes across what you are sharing because someone that they know, their aunt, their uncle, their college roommate is Catholic and they share your the video that you guys post to Facebook or something like that. And so I probably said a word earlier that people are unfamiliar with uh, when I was talking about the work you did at, at Grotto Network, which is um, which is still you know an active ministry mm-hmm. out at Notre Dame. So go go check them out mm-hmm. too. They're they're friends of of both of us yes, at the yes. Catholic Apostolate Center. Um, but but I used the word pre evangelization. Um, so could you explain to me a little bit of what what was that work that you did with Grotto and and why why did that play a role in the mission of the church when I think some people might look at it and go, well, you know, we need to be reaching out to the, to those Catholics that are there um, and, and strengthening them and, and building them up as missionary disciples and as people who are going to go out and be evangelizers. But but what was that work like for you? I mean, you were there for for over a year uh, at, at Grotto. What was that what was that work in pre-evangelization like for you? And how did that help you in this after you then changed over, transitioned over to to, our, to the Archdiocese of Los Angeles? How did that inform how you approach the work you do to a wider audience mm-hmm. now in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it goes back to you know the body of Christ and we each have a part to play. Um, same thing with all the different online presences that we see. Um, and so Grotto's particular um, audience really was those young adults who are away from the church. Mm-hmm. right? And so we sat there and thought, well, how are we going to reach them? And we have to reach people where they're at. So it really was starting by, you know, how do you navigate life? How do you um, know how to create a budget, right? And or how do you even, you know, think about something, right? So we can't start with the word discernment if someone is away from the church, right? right? But we could help them think through steps on, you know, how to, you know, um, create your resume and then land 
your job, mm. right? So you plant the seeds by meeting people in their everyday experiences. And then once you kind of engage and connect with them, then you say, okay, now this is how, these are steps to pray. These are steps to discern, right? And so you really, it, it helped me open my eyes to say, we kind of have to step outside of the everyday inside baseball church language. You know, people, if we want them to experience Jesus's love and mercy at mass, we, we shouldn't have probably start with transubstantiation, right? That probably might not be relatable to people. Um, but we can talk about that there is a Jesus who loves us more than anything, right? And so really trying to open my eyes to say, how can we get creative with media um, and reach people where they're at and lead them to the truth? Mm. Yeah. You know, I think um, I think it would be easy to look at from from the the picture that we've painted in these last you know however many minutes that we've been chatting um and and hearing right that like you were here for when the pope visited and you got to go to rome in 2018 for the synod and you know all of the cool things that come with that and you know and now you're out in in sunny los angeles and you got to spend time at at Notre Dame and, you know, touchdown Jesus and all these, you know, really <laughs> awesome things. Um, but with any work in the church, right, there are joys, there are difficulties, there are ups and downs. Um, and so when you think of your job and the path that you have taken, um, I kind of want to look at both ends of, of that spectrum. So, so what are some of the difficult things about the work that you get to do? Um, and and then after that, we'll talk a bit about what some of those joys are, because because every every work, every job and ministry, every life in the apostolate, right, is this is this mix. It's 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 real life. It's Christian life, and so we know it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, no matter what some people want to think or try to tell us. So so with what you do, what are some of the difficult things about what you get to do? Yeah, yeah, no, you know, it takes a lot of work. I think, yeah, we, we get to paint the, the fun picture of, you know, the papal visit or going to Poland for World Youth Day and doing really great outreach um, back to the United States. But in between all those big moments are really, really long days. And, um, you know, having to call on Jesus as your source of strength to get through those long days, you know. But I think that one of the biggest challenges is really trying to you know, find the language that resonates with people. I, it's really, really hard, right? And it's really hard to make something, you know, bring to life something as beautiful as our faith in competition with Hollywood, in competition with, you know, people who are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on ad buys, right? And it's like, I know, I believe that we have the best story to tell. Like the Catholic faith, you know, Jesus is like that walk to Calvary for us, I mean, what is more beautiful and dramatic than that? Mm -hmm. And that resurrection, all because he loved us, right? There's there's no Hollywood film that is ever going to equate to the story that is written in sacred scripture. But it's really challenging to bring that to life for people, right? We're distracted. We're living in a culture of, instead of sacrifice, like taking. And and so it's like we have this countercultural message that really does lift you out of brokenness, like heals everything, but yet it's really hard to kind of capture the attention. And so I, I would say for anyone working in church communications or a volunteer in a parish, or if you're a DRE and you're trying to, you know, put out your stuff on your parish Facebook page, 
it's okay to be frustrated because you know what? I'm frustrated probably the majority of the day because I want it to be better, you know? So it's like, but in that messiness is where the beauty comes, right? Just like the cross. Like we would not have the resurrection if the ashes of the cross were not there, mm. right? And so to me, it's like the, the challenge is, yeah, you know, it really is hard. And some days I don't get it right. And I have to get up the next day and lead the team to say, okay, this campaign maybe was not right, but we're going to try it again, Yeah, you know? And I, and you know, I think Brian too, you know, on a more personal level, sometimes it's hard, you know, when you have your own moments of, you know, sadness or if you're down or, you know, those dark moments where you're just questioning faith, right? But yet you're called by the Lord to be a communicator for him. And so sometimes I've had days recently where I'm just really, Lord, you want me like mm. I, I'm having like my own struggles here, but I'm supposed to be you know, trusting in and communicating that love of your love of, you know, of us and, and the mercy you're giving us, you know, so to really say, okay, like, I'm I'm going to do my best here, Lord, I'm just going to keep clinging to you. And yeah, if you want me to be your communicator, then you're going to help me. And you're going to also like, inspire my own prayer life and my own faith so that I can be that authentic witness online. Yeah. And you, you kind of, in parts of that, you kind of moved us towards the other end of that, right? The beauty that you that we can find in in our work and and the beauty you find in your work. So, where do you where do you find joy in what you get to do? You know, one of my favorite favorite things is really looking at other people come alive. Mm. Um, and I've been in all my different jobs, really blessed by great colleagues, um, great team members. And I love like right now in Los Angeles, we're working on a back to mask campaign. And we were just filming a video uh, um, earlier this week. And I just love that one point I'm sitting down and I'm we're filming and I'm watching our executive producer and our creative director, and they are full of life and engaged. And I'm like, these young people who are giving their lives in service to the church are full of joy and are, are, are trying to make things better for other people online. And it's like, I mean, what could be better that we have people who are sharing their gifts to make the digital highways um, a sacred place and to make them sacred because we care about the people on the other end of the screen. And so just, I love watching my team come to life. I love watching you know, God come to life through their creativity, right? It's like this other, like this beautiful mosaic of all the little creative ideas that come, whether it's Catholic Apostle Center or something from a diocesan or grotto or, you know, you name it, anybody who's out there trying to, you know, do something creative online. What a great, miraculous, beautiful mosaic that is being created. And to watch that and to get to be a part of that, oh, it's, it's almost overwhelmingly just beautiful and miraculous. Yeah. And I think, you know, recognizing, you know, you can look at things like the work that you get to do out in L.A. And, you know, obviously I think of the work that we do here um, and then our friends at like ODB Films, right, yeah. who, are, who are trying <laughs> to bring, right, kind of like you were talking about earlier, trying to bring the stories of Scripture to life in kind of a more Hollywood way and, and everything in between, right? Um, and then it's easy to look at those at those things and say, well, these just these aren't the same. And no, they're not the same, but but they all play a role. They all have such a unique uh, role to play in how we share the story of salvation, how we share the good news. And 
and you know when I, I I do I I handle social media for for like the world and 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 a little bit here with the Catholic Positive Center right and so we always talk about audience and and trying to make content that is authentic to you but also is is at least in touch with what your specific audience on any individual channel or or platform might be looking for and and so you know you talked about St Paul earlier right that that you know the body has many parts and so there's a reason why the Catholic Apostle Center exists and creates the content that it does and why the Archdiocese of Los Angeles or the Archdiocese of Washington exists in the digital realm and creates its content and there's a reason why ODB Films gets to make you know a, a film about the life of St. Paul mm-hmm. with I think they had Jim Caviezel yes <laughs> you know and, and and a you know massive budget to make that because we're all working together as the body of Christ and that's just so um yeah it's just such a beautiful thing right I love that I love that imagery of a mosaic yeah and, and how every little piece on it by itself might not look amazing yeah it might be rad like ragged or lacking color or something but but when you take that step back and you look at it all you see the beauty you see the majesty and and that's yeah um so i want to i want to kind of wrap with this because i think one of the things that you and i are both passionate about um and i know you're passionate about this because you did this for me when we were in rome and you'd only known me for for a very short amount of time um, is helping people to recognize that they have a place, not only a place in the church, but that there is a place for them in leadership in some way, shape, or form. And in our first episode, uh, we chatted with Bishop Frank Caggiano from the Diocese of Bridgeport, who is a friend of both of ours. And, and Bishop <laughs> Frank reminded our listeners that we are all, you know, um, in some way called to leadership, but it looks different for each person. And so for him, it's as not only a priest, but as a bishop, right? And and for some, it's uh, leadership through volunteering at their parish and everything in between. Um, and so, so one of the things I know, I mean, you one of the first things that that you allowed me to do when we were first getting to each other in Rome was then to be on uh, a live stream, you know, with our good friend Jonathan Lewis. Um, from Rome talking about the Synod and its outcomes, right? And I was a, a sophomore or junior in, so in college, right? And I'm getting these opportunities. And I love doing that with the students that I get to work with at Catholic U. But I also know, especially with young people, um, a lot of them question, is there a place in leadership for me? And, and I think, you know, in part because young people, generations of young people, even those who are now not no longer young people, have been told for so long that, they're just the future, right? They're not the now. They're or or you know they kind of get that that condescending pat on the head. Um, so, what suggestions or advice would you give to someone who questions whether or not they can have a place of leadership in the church? Yes, you can have a place, and yes, you do have a place. Um, just kind of recently, I uh, interviewed Mark Wahlberg when he uh, was releasing the movie Father Stew, and it was such an awesome opportunity to see him set on fire to bring, you know, the Catholic faith to cr- creative ways, you know, on the big screen. Um, and I asked him the question, I said, what would you say to, you know, my team members or people who may want to, you know, really um, kind of do a better job for the church in in the industry? And he said, just do it. 
Like we need to do it. And I've been thinking about that lately, right? But yeah, we each have these unique gifts and the church is lacking if we don't share. And if the church is lacking, if we don't share, our world is never going to be able to like, like receive that beauty um, that could heal and really just set things on fire, right? And so the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us all of those dreams. So if you have like any inkling, if there's a thought that maybe I might want to do this, Give it a try, right? Like, don't don't be afraid, and you you can, you're you're never going to be able to fail if you don't try, right? And sometimes failure is okay, but you're also never going to be able to succeed if you don't try. And so, it doesn't matter. God is not looking for success, right? Mother Teresa, right? God is not asking for success; He's looking for faithfulness, mm. right? And and our world needs it. Like, our world is hurting, and we each have a gift to kind of help to heal that. And so, yeah, give it a shot. Work for the church. I mean, be authentically you and whatever gifts God has given you, use them of service to our church and our world and we'll be better off for it. Amen. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. If anyone would like more information about the Catholic Apostolate Center, please visit www.catholicapostolatecenter.org where we have resources free to share in the hopes of spreading the gospel And in the words of our patron, St. Vincent Pilati, may the charity of Christ urge us on.